हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशंस विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब द फॉलोइंग इज अ कॉन्वर्सेशन विद आस्था दीक्षित Asta is an actress in Telugu films and a worldwide recognized dancer for her talent in Kathak dancing. She exhibits her passion for Sufi dancing Kathak at various festivals like Jahanik Husro where she performed in 2013 and then subsequent years after. She has performed at the National Center for Performing Arts Beijing as well as the Royal Opera House in Oman and Kuwait. and the world famous balbek festival in lebanon and festivals promoting culture through the ministry of india she is also a choreographer of many musicals and ballets theme based in the mughal times where she is the lead dancer she has studied kathak from her gurus harish gangani and malti sham in new delhi india she is a computer engineer from ucla and left a promising corporate career to pursue her passion for dance and acting she has penned her memoirs in her new book door to heaven which is running for best seller status the book has already got noticed in the non fiction category and has received high flying reviews from book readers and book readers clubs yeah get started uh, yeah namaste asa thanks for coming on and to get started i love to know since it's like sunday evening for both of us what's been the highlight of your week oh my god the highlight of the week has mm-hmm. been um, a film festival that is currently happening in orlando okay uh, it is in its uh, we were just there last night till late night as they had some halloween parades after balls out, outside the cinema mm. uh because uh, there's some interesting work being done here as far as films and student films and uh and i'm trying to break into that little bit and um currently doing acting here in florida so that was a very yeah understood uh, the recent yeah yes uh and since you are in florida i haven't actually talked to any kathak practitioners in florida so far so very curious about that based on the region of florida you're in what is the interest of kathak there what have you seen so far what are you looking to do yeah Kathak here is um it's Florida is is fairly uh it's it's a difficult market it's it's pretty much it's missing a Kathak scene it's missing a a really a, a very uh a cultural scene which is pretty you know well established uh, mm-hmm. a hardcore there are some uh, musicians here that have connected with me that have been are very senior but uh, dance scene is is pretty um uh, you know it's not well established mm-hmm. so i'm really kind of working from you know a place which it doesn't have much exposure because everything here is very commercial and it's very much about you know people come here for what like theme parks and disney and the families also living here are very much many of them are employed by disney or Ooh. you know they're they're working within the, the that sector hmm. um you know so there's a there's a variety of people here but really the cultures and the arts are 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 very uh, at a very basic level are very kind of uh, cooking at the at the minimal level and i think that we need a lot of people a lot of arts people pushing things here and bringing that awareness 
So I'm uh, doing it in my own way. And um, it's not easy because it takes time. And mm -hmm. I started with at a temple here. Uh, right. In fact, I started at two different venues here. And one of them now is growing. The scene is growing there and the kids are growing. They are already showing, you know, from a few months what they've learned. And we try to take advantage of the all the you know Hindu festivals that happen here, which are widely appreciated by the family. So we take that take advantage of that and get the kids to perform on uh, Guru Purnima. They did a beautiful uh, you know performance at the temple, a short one, but that was well appreciated. And they did something for uh, Navratri and for Diwali as well. So these are the kind of things that I'm starting out doing. So the kids already are getting exposure. Uh, because it's difficult for them to understand what they're doing initially uh, and how this is different from another dance class. You know, yes. they, it's an activity, right, for them. The, the parents are bringing them on the weekends as an activity. Mm. It's a part of Balvihar, which is the initiative for kids here. And they're also learning tabla. Okay. From a, 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 a very a, a good friend of mine who's a tabla teacher here, hmm. um, Shirish Kulkarni, and they're learning tabla and they're also learning dance. So, but for them to distinguish them this from the regular dances, the Bollywood dances or whatever that they're used to seeing, is yeah. going to take some time. But I can see that that appreciation or even that little bit of rust is already coming hmm. just from a few performances. And that's why it's necessary for them to do that and see it, the parents to see the kids doing it in this form, you know, so, and they look adorable. They look so cute doing it. And they're actually dancing like, you know, small, you know, kavit uh, from, you know, the gharanas that I, you know, I've learned from, or, you know, the basic talim, like the, the starting tukras, you know, and, and, and tihais. So, um, but they're, they're enjoying it. And uh, that gives me the greatest pleasure. And uh, they look forward to it every weekend. And I can see that they're, you know, they're really, really enjoying it. And um, of course, because it is in a, in a, the kind of setting we have with Balvihar, mm -hmm. I mean, we are all trying to do, teach them the Guru Shishya Parampara. Right. So with the Gunguru Puja and everything. So they also learn the tradition mm -hmm. and they learn to respect the culture. Mm -hmm. And which they have from within, and they, you know, they really have that reverence also over time for it. Mm. So, and then additionally, I have, um, you know, another. Um, I'm teaching also various batches, and I have a, a more advanced students batch, and um, that has come as a gift to me because I wouldn't imagine to be working at that level here, mm -hmm. but there are some students here who are have prior uh, teachers, you know, from other various, from other gurus and they are, um, yeah, so they're a group we've formed and this is kind of, uh, you know, we're working together and they're learning from me also and we are creating things for the future hmm. uh, to possibly bring to the US market as far as dance and, and culture. So I feel blessed to be able to make this small change, you know, this small change here uh, because it's very hard in the US compared to what I saw in India. Yeah. And yeah, thanks for giving us that background, Asa. And I'm very curious about this, you know, everyone learns a certain way and they teach a different, in a different way, in the sense, certain, some things you're going to, you know, 
teach exactly the way you are taught and some things you have to adapt and make it different. So, you know, when you look back at your training, whether that's with Harish Gangani ji or, or Malti Sham ji, and even your earlier training in Kathak in LA, so to speak. And when you look at that training and you and how you learned Kathak compared to how you teach, how, what would you say is different? What do you, what do you say is same? Um, I would love to know some of that. Actually, I don't think I teach very different from my gurus. Hmm. Um, I think that's uh, in the sense that I uh, I'm following the talim mostly of what I learned from uh, my Shrimati Malti Sham, my you know Lakhno Gharana. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of uh, you know the kids can really relate to the talim, and uh, pretty much I teach in a similar manner. So probably mm -hmm. more the teaching style of India. I have mm -hmm. adapted that here, okay. which is. Uh, which is, I think, the 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 value in it, and the kids are loving it. Like I said, mm -hmm. they're enjoying it. You know, uh, I'm not, st I'm strict with mm -hmm. them, uh, but I'm very playful, and I keep showing them myself. Like if they do something wrong, I just, you know, like stop the class and say, listen, this is, this is what it's about, mm -hmm. and if you, you know, and this is what you need need to be understanding. And um, oh, do you have an example of that? Like sometimes I demonstrate, like. Chakkar, for example, chakkars, mm. you know, I, I think they probably hadn't seen too much chakkar mm. and, and the different variations of chakkar and the styles, mm. you know, okay, it's like, okay, spinning, fine, we can do it, you know, they, they tried to do it, they thought they were doing fine, I said, <laughs> I said, stop this, you know, you know, this is, you're just doing, that, you know, but this, these are the various ways of doing it. And I did the, of course, you know, the chakkar around the room, I said, I asked the kids, I said, how many you want me to do? How many you think I can go? I mm. I can do. They said someone said ten, someone said fifteen, someone said mm. twenty. I said how about twenty nine? You know, or I you know I did thirty two. Let me you know let me show you this many. And they were like, oh, you know. And um, so I just spun around the room and I you know the, I stopped with the sum you know the dha and I you know looked at them and they were like stunned. So mm. you know this kind of thing is the impact and slowly slowly they're developing that appreciation and that i think even that rust i, I heard the rust mm -hmm. the inner appreciation which will shine in their dance eventually and um so like i said it, it's a lot of work it's hard work mm -hmm. because they're not exposed to it it's a market where there's very few uh classical dance performances at you know um at the level at the festival level you know mm -hmm. with, like you know the kind of performances that uh, we have done like in heritage monuments like Khajuraho or these really rich you know mm. classical dance performances uh, which last over an hour you know watching one single dancer perform and taking you through that journey I think there's very few of uh, that level that that kind of performance mm -hmm. um, and uh, so the kids you know it's it, it's it's it'll take time it'll yeah take for time. sure so, yeah so on that note, I guess Asta, I'm very curious. So since they are getting exposed, a lot of people are getting exposed to this for the first time. So when you have students, you know, it's going to happen when say they haven't practiced for the last week when they're supposed to practice something and they show up to class. How do you deal with situations like that? If they're falling behind? Yeah. Anything? Yeah. Oh, I, I've, I faced that just recently. Mm -hmm. I, I could tell. Cause you get like once a week classes, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I can tell when they're practicing and when they're not. And that's another thing here mm-hmm. in America. We can't, we don't have the luxury of having like the way we did. And, uh, you know, I was mm-hmm. at the Kathakendra and then I was studying outside the Kathakendra, but in a very similar style mm-hmm. uh, to the Kathakendra, which is daily going to your gurus and as much as you can living with them, breathing with them, <laughs> breathing in what they're teaching you. You know, we don't have that, um, that kind of, uh, you know, we don't have that uh, level of, uh, you know, availability for everyone here. Everyone is busy and, is, you know, with everything, schooling and the kids are busy all week long. So, but I can see when they practice or not. And, and even if they put in a few days a week, I can mm-hmm. see the vast difference in them. So um, I, you know, I, I tell all the parents, I, I send notices to them that you have to push them. And I'm telling them to dance with their kids because yeah. they're also loving it. They're, they're enjoying it. They're all young moms and they, they want to learn the culture too. So I'm like, you dance with the kids. You learn these basics yourself. The mm. you know, they are separate. I mean, I'm not, uh, I don't consider them a part of the class, but still if they want to learn and, and, and to help their child grow and learn as well, I think that's wonderful. So, you know, I, I really keep, I push them. I push them a lot for the, you know, the Riyadh. I keep reminding them, you just have mm-hmm. to, Keep reminding them by messages or calls throughout the week about Riyaz, yep. what that Riyaz is, what Riyaz means. Mm. And it'll take them a long time. It'll take them a long time too. Yeah. Yes, I will say it like in especially like in US Kathak classes, once you establish like a kids bat, it's very natural for like their moms to get start coming in and then you end up seeing like yes. an adult's batch. And it's very na- it's a very natural transition yeah. that happens. I've seen that in yeah. like all the US academies. Very true. Very true. And yeah. since you and so right seg- now the adults are, are learning um I have an intermediate batch which is like already like really good mm-hmm. girls. They are already been learning really, you know, I could say they they would be able to perform um, but the adults right now I have the adults kind of learning with their children right now so they can imbibe the same things and then eventually will break them off also yeah makes sense yeah and um, I guess just to segue a bit uh, and I just can't I, I just like before the interview I was just going through your new book uh, Door to Heaven Asta I'm very curious so I guess first of all I want to know how does a book get written this is a book about your memoirs your, your journey about Kathak you know, how does a book get written? Like, take us through the, take us behind the scenes on that. Oh, Pramit, I, I don't know where to start. It's, um, it is so much work. It is so much work. I won't hesitate to say that. Mm. Um, of course, we all know that, of course, a book can't be easy to write, you know. Mm-hmm. So here it is. I have some bookmarks in it. So maybe I'll get a chance to read it. It's a very beautiful book. I'm so proud of it. I'm really proud of it because um, it was a lot of hard work. Every word, you know, every T we crossed, every dot we, you know, every I we dotted. Mm. I know what it took, you know, with my editor. So first I began writing um, sometime before COVID. It was a few years before COVID. Mm -hmm. So you know how long this has been going on. A book, there's many varieties of, of book, but in a memoir, I think you really have to sift through a lot of things. That That's how it was for me, at least, uh, you know. And uh, I started writing long back and I started um, putting episodes of my life. In fact, I covered my whole life because hmm. I decided somewhere I, deci- I had decided I knew that I needed to. This hmm. was going to be actually a, like a, a, the, the form of a memoir right. so throughout my life. 
So I started writing all the episodes of my life. And some of them were more challenging than others. But I definitely saw a theme coming through it and a story coming through it. And I, that's why I knew I had to do this. You know, mm. it was, you know, very clear to me. And in fact, um, yeah, so the journey became, you know, me just noting down different, different segments, chapters. I mean, hundreds, hundreds of pages of writing. Uh, I'm very lucky and fortunate to have really good typing skills and I'm very proficient with the computer and mm. technology helps me. So I, you know, I'm very, you know, and I think I, I flow when I write also when I, you know, I flow with a certain theme and I can elaborate on it. So uh, I feel blessed because mm. I'm not a writer. <laughs> I'm not a writer. Well, now you are. But yeah. You can't go back to that again now. <laughs> yes, now I can go back. Yes. So, but uh, it was, it is beautiful. It is beautiful mm. and so much hard work. But then when came the time for me to approach an editor and yeah. send that material to her, my hands froze. And I mm. was like, what am I going to send to her? I just have all this, these chapters and um, mm-hmm. it hadn't yet come together, you know. And, and then, uh, you know, so and then a few time passed, a lot of time passed doing all this. And finally, when I started working with my editor, that was a different journey. It was her and I. And I and I just. I have no, I, have, I thank her from the bottom of my heart for being so patient. Her and I uh, spending time on each segment of, of, the, of the journey and, mm-hmm. and unfolding it and, 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 and kind of, uh, it's, it's, it, I think along with it, a bit of the compilation was also happening maybe with the editing process. Mm-hmm. And she was very precise with the editing and she got into the story. And very soon she learned the story like the back of her hand mm-hmm. and she knew what, where it was leading and um, we started getting to the closing chapters and sometimes that was at the end of COVID or, you know, it, it started, it kind of went all over throughout COVID. We had a big gap for at least a year in between, which nothing happened. Then we picked it up again and it all went all the way till almost the end of COVID and uh, took almost a year. <laughs> and hmm. then, then it was ready for, uh, to find the, the right publishing company to take it ahead. So, okay. uh and every aspect of it is like, you know, I, I know it's my, you know, we've done the best. We, we've put in the best. We didn't, you know. Hmm. So I, I think that this book uh, is going to touch a lot of people and especially people who have walked on a similar path. And I've dedicated this book to all hmm. such souls who have hmm. uh, taken such uh, journeys in their life. And each journey is unique. Each journey is special. And uh you know, mm. this is the journey of a dancer and it's called Door to Heaven. Hmm. Yep, I'm sure a lot of people will find value in that. So I think for the next yeah. part, we'll jump into different sections of the book. I'll ask you a question. And if you feel like you want to read a, such, a certain section of the book, if you feel like that part, it makes sense to read it, feel free to pick it up and read that part. I guess we'll start at like your training at Katha Kendra because, you know, uh, like a couple of episodes ago, I had someone who was a recent graduate and I, from them, I understood, you know, Katha Kendra, like, you know, dancers from all around the country, some people around the world, the best of the best come there, uh, do their thing. Uh, everyone's end goal is to be a performer. So very like, you know, high energy environment where you get to it. And you know, you, everyone there is good. So I wanted, but I wanted to know your experience training there, learning there. What was that like? 
So yes, Pramit. So uh, you said it. Kathakendra is the only place in this world, I think, I would say, or in India or anywhere that you would come at any given time of the day and you would hear the sound of ghungroos. I mean, when I say ghungroos, I mean serious ghungroos, like the echo of a wall, like just going throughout, spreading throughout the campus. And I was um, at that time uh, working, uh, uh, you know, in in the repertory, which mm. is the under the Ministry of Sangeet Natak Academy, and uh, there. But I used to come to the campus even before that, while I was learning, you know. And I mean, I was, uh, you know, I would come to visit um, somebody who's mm. uh, teaching there, or meet the gurus, or sit in the classes and watch the atmosphere. And it was so high energy, like you said. And uh, of course, there's only one word that comes to mind for uh, students of Kathakendra, and that is dedication mm. they have committed themselves and their whole lives to this art form and that is from a very early age right so that that is felt and seen there naturally and and you know the te- the gurus there are par excellence the best so one gets an opportunity to learn there they are set they they know that they have achieved the highest talim and they and they're only i mean the, the journey starts i mean the journey the the student you know the, the learning starts from there and and what they do with that after their graduation mm. is really really the the true test of what they've learned and that's what shines through every kathakendra student so um it is a full time you know diploma it is like you know there is no other it's very difficult to do uh, there's some that try to do other degrees along with it but it yeah. is really demands yeah. you to be there because not only are you learning the kathak uh, yeah. and this is twice a day that's how it used to be i'm not sure what the how it currently is mm. because it is now in a new location it is not uh, where it used to be the original building which is an old building was so charming and mm. but uh, but there is also tabla class and vocals along with the kathak so you are learning all three uh, languages and they go hand in hand mm. and um, you know so they say the you know the instrument the instrument the tabla the vocals and the dance is all it's all combined under the same category so it all goes hand in hand to, for the performance aspect and to coming to my next kind of like like series of questions i wanted to talk about like the work you've done in sufi music and the yeah and just getting into that a bit but since in your book you talk a lot about lucknow and the influence it ha- has had on you so i guess what does lucknow mean to you what does that town what kind of emotions does that town evoke in you what memories do you have attached to it wanted to get into that a bit so i think i've written it very well in my book mm-hmm. and um, so rather than me speaking of it let me Go just read it. a little bit about it mm-hmm. uh, i have bookmarked uh, This chapter is called Lucknow and the Sufi influence. Okay. It's a little bright there so it may not be so clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all very um you know we the format of the book is there's a quotation on the top and it's done very beautifully in in the fonts and everything. But it starts with a quotation from Rumi. Mhm. Let the beauty of what you love be what you do. And um it start it goes into my meeting with uh, Muzaffar Ali. who of course is the curator of this huge dance festival uh, music festival sufi music festival jahani khusro and uh, every year uh, how we brought about these concepts to stage 
in Kathak and uh, with, with dancers and various musicians and uh, how the poetries took shape and took form on stage. So uh, it goes into some of the ballets we created in Lucknow and uh, and how you know the, the, how I took my dancers there to these uh, heritage monuments, um, oftentimes in the front of the palaces there or these uh, in front of the river Gomti, we had a, a particular ballet which we created uh, called Gomti, representing the British invasion of India, and how painful that was for you know the, the bloodshed and 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 how they violently tried to capture everybody in the city and but they could not get a hold of the spirit the spirit is a river so they could not capture that and they were after that they were after that spirit and they wanted to but that was what i portrayed gomti is a spirit and i was gomti and i had 11 dancers with me as the river and we flowed like the river on stage and we uh, you know under the hands of the british we you know we basically you know, we, we, our spirit shone and we were, you know, victorious in that aspect that they pretty much destroyed everything, but they couldn't destroy the culture. So that's what Gomti represents, the spirit of Lucknow. And um, so I'll just read a few lines here. Lucknow's culture is uniquely preserved. It is rare to see anything like it in the world. People here respect their ancestry and give due reverence to their past. My association with the city and its culture kept growing. In a short time, many from Muzaffar Sahab's team were my fans and admirers. There is no dancer like you in Lucknow, one of them said. They were generous with their compliments, as is, as is a part of their culture. And it really is. This is how they are, you know, how they invite you and greet you you know all all the various uh, artists that work there feel the same way about the culture you know which is why we love working there truly speaking central to lucknow a city known for its traditional cuisine and fine arts is its culture of friendliness and curtsy and i might say architecture also it is known for its its uh, monuments and its uh, its architecture like there's so many buildings there, like Baradari, Bhulbhulaya, and the palaces. The warmth and etiquette of the people here are qualities to note. So then I go into uh, an episode how I was personally invited one day for the uh, for a dinner for the, for the chief minister of uh, the UP, ex-chief minister, uh, when he came to the house and um, how I had the chance to perform for him in front of him and his wife. And, uh, you know, so I, I give thanks to everyone who was involved in that, uh, in that quick, you know, production. So, um, and then uh, I'll read about this one particular uh, project, this documentary I did. We went to Maheshwar, the town of the Maratha warrior queen, Ahilyabai Holkar in Maharashtra. We were there by the Narmada River for two days to film a documentary. Maheshwari Silks and Textiles for the Ministry of Textiles of India. We first flew to Indore and had lunch at Muzaffar Sahab's friend's house. We were relaxing when the dressmakers arrived to show us the special stitch of the Maharashtrian traditional sari for the Lavani dance. So they actually came to measure us and, and they had the, you know, the, the way that they, you know, they were fitting us for this, this style of dance, which comes from Maharashtra. So, you know, this, 
all about how we last minute we you know the costumes we managed to get them done for all the dancers and um, I, I end this kind of whole chapter by saying the right etiquette I learned can go a long ways. And that was my learning from my experiences in Lucknow with Muzaffar Ali Sahib. Mm. To give an example, I was in a solo performance at a festival in Jaipur once on my own. When, when the anchor called my name, I asked him to stop the music. And I went up to the podium and I didn't know why I was doing this, but I addressed the audience and I said, I can't do You know, the viewers cheered me to go on and I began my show. I'm grateful to the culture and etiquette of cities such as Lucknow that have taught me such politeness in my life. So it's really an ethos, you know, and uh, and I know I've, I've heard him many times say that the, the Ganga Jamuni Tahzeeb is a Tahzeeb that you learn while you are there. These are words a little hard to describe in in this in, in English, you know, because this mm. book is written primarily in English. Mm. And I had thoughts to uh, translate it many times in Hindi or Urdu. But, you know, for, for now it's in English. So it's hard to really translate these things. And that's what I've tried because I want to touch people with this culture and, and uh, what I learned of the etiquettes. What we say, tehzeeb, we cannot convert that into a word in English. So, mm -hmm. But it can be felt and it can be described through a journey only. That's so, and yeah. Uh, yeah, since you mentioned Gomti, one thing I noticed is like you talk about portraying three rivers in the book overall, like you talk about Ganga, Yamuna and Gomti. And speaking yeah. of Gomti, that kind of brings my next question to light because like if I remember this correctly, like Gomti is also a poem that's written by Rahi Masoom Raza. And in the book, you talk about falling in love with the lyrics of the poem itself. And I'm very curious about that when you're listening to a poem, poetry or you're listening to a ghazal, uh, how does that translate to dance? Very curious about that process. Yeah, it just flows through you. And um, for example, like there is uh, Hazrat Amir Khusro. Mm -hmm. He's one of the greatest poets of that time. And uh, he's written about love and crossing that ocean. Now, how do you show that in dance, crossing the ocean? Mm. And you know, I don't know if, if you can feel it, but, you know, I mean, you can do it through your eyes, but you really can only do it with your soul reflecting that through your eyes. There is no particular movement that will show that, that will mm. show that to the audience, but you can really only feel it. Mm. And uh, the poem is, you know, of course, uh, very uh, many people love this uh, couplet. It's a couplet mm. of, of Amir Khusro that Khusro Darya Prem ka mm. ulti vaki dhar jo utra so doob gaya jo dooba so par and it literally translates to O Khusro, the poet, the river of love runs in strange directions. Mm. Right? Like they talk about it running backwards actually. Right. The river of love doesn't flow this one way. It flows mm. the other way. One who jumps into it drowns and one who drowns gets across. Hmm. So that is all done with the eyes. and uh, But that is reflective of, of the inner journey of, hmm. of the person who's carrying that poem on stage, especially. And uh, I have described in my book, my spiritual journey. Hmm. And the people who read it will get to 
understand uh, my spiritual journey and where it took me and various uh, places where I learned. Hmm. So, you know, I was, it's, it's the poets are talking about drowning in the ocean of love. And I was hmm. drowning in that ocean simultaneously with, you know, my journey and, and uh, going to various places. And I spent time with, with teachers and I, and I took a lot of time uh, while I was uh, a student of Kathak yeah. to also understand, to, to find the essence of my own soul. So the poet is talking about the inner light while I myself am, am, uh, have found myself through my dance on that journey. And that was felt uh, by many people and, you know, in my performances mm. and those moments were really special. So on that note, Asa, I'm very curious about this. So you said like there's no process for it and you it, you feel it, it flows and it kind of is also in line with the journey of your dancer. So do you feel like the the thing about, you know, that uh, that skill of like taking that, feeling it and changing it, do you think that can be taught or that's something that's inherent to you? Like how do Katha practitioners absorb that as they come up learning as students? Very curious about that. Yeah. I think it was my journey. Mm -hmm. I think I was myself uh, a seeking, I was seeking my own inner essence and right. I was, uh, you know, uh, on my own journey. Mm -hmm. And probably that's what audiences felt yeah. uh, because uh, the words didn't just mean to me a poem or a poetry that somebody has written and, and I'm uh, doing it through my movements or portraying it through my dance. It was mm -hmm. a lot more. I was seeking myself in those words. Hmm. You know, I, if I was doing a movement like, um, you know, there's that poem like Kaga, you know, my eyes don't, you know, you can eat my flesh. Mm -hmm. That's how it translates. But don't eat my eyes because at least leave these eyes for me to see God in. Hmm. You know, so I... You know, going through that in your performances and then, you know, the, feeling that with, with the, you know, everybody present is uh, these moments are really special. It's, it's hard to even uh, put in words or hard to describe. But I have uh, spoken about it in, in that journey, in my spiritual journey, how mm -hmm. I was uh, at various master's places and also uh, these poetries really affected me. And yeah. that's how it probably came through my dance. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I was a, I was a student, I was learning uh, the movements and as I say, and I was also interpreting them through my own inner self, you know, so that's how it became unique. Also, it became unique, and it became a language of its own. And I see many people dancing that, uh, you know, that way, and I kind of uh, did all those chakras, you know, and I, and I did it in that Sufi style, and I combined, um, you know, the, the, Palta, the various aspects of Kathak chakras, I combined mm -hmm. it with the with the with the whirling, mm -hmm. and uh, and I saw I've seen that you know in Turkey the dervish do that, and I've seen various dervish spin like do that you know, but they they are in meditation, they do it in a different space altogether. But I did it on stage, mm -hmm. and I saw many people doing that, and uh, it's a rare and unique vocabulary, and it's a blessing. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a it's only to be felt and shared in the moment. Hmm. Only to be felt, something to think about. And one thing yeah. I did want to discuss here is, um, sorry, were you saying something? 
No, I was just saying that I know that you are, a, you know, you are yourself on a journey of, of this dance form of Kathak. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. I know that, uh, you know, you probably are also looking for that meaning in yourself. How is it going for you? For you? I guess, uh, yeah, I've thought about why. So in, in terms of like why I do Kathak, so to speak. Uh, for me, I do Kathak because it, it, it's, good. The, it's for me the, one of the best ways to stay connected with my roots so to speak. So I think that, so that's the major reason I do it. And also it's the podcast goes hand in hand because mostly I do most of my lessons for a while have been online or like private lessons. So I don't really have like classmates or guru bhai's or guru bhai's, so to speak. Right. Or anyone my age, because I started say 20 at the age of 28, like a couple of years ago. So the podcast for me is a way to find community and the podcast helps me practice and practice helps me podcast. So they kind of go hand in hand. So yeah, and if you can see that, that's my wooden board. So I don't do a, like all my movements are mostly in space right now because I don't do a lot of backward and forwards. It kind of in the beginning stages of it. So yeah, yeah. And I'm also on the and first this... floor, so no one to bother me. Uh, yes, absolutely. And this is a learning. I mean, the, mm-hmm. this you know this kind of sharing through the podcast yeah. is a learning for yourself, like you said, like you're also learning and for everyone and, and uh, mm-hmm. me also, it's a, it's a, it's a healing process to talk about it and to talk about your own experiences with it. So I think it's, I think it's great. And for every, no matter where you are, for every dancer, it's, it's really the personal expression. So it's always taking that form. Hmm. Yeah. Understood. And like on the topic of like, say performing, um, uh, you know, you talk about how what like what what the audience experiences on stage is a culmination of what the efforts are of the organizing committee and the performing artists themselves and i was wondering if you can walk us through an example of that it looks like with jahan Store you work pretty closely with the organizers but if you have if that's the example you want to share if there's another example where you work closely with the organizer to develop the end product which led to the relish of the audience i'd like to know about that yeah not just Jahani Khusro, I think mm-hmm. a lot of the organizers I worked with, I mm-hmm. they work hand in hand with the artists because usually it's a lot of hard work to be an organizer. And usually they are passionate about putting on this festival every year and doing this for their city. Right. So And they usually have a lot of ideas themselves. Mm-hmm. So I love to tap into their idea bank and find out what they are passionate about and what they how they see their festival unfolding for their audiences every year. And I always create in my themes around first what they wanted. Um, because I have my own productions, I have my own recordings, I have my own themes and ballets and so many things I can present. So I have a, a, so many, you know, lucky to have such so many musicians around me, you know, being in Delhi, the heart mm. of, you know, living very much near that place where I learned the dance and, and with all the, you know, the inspired, you know, all the students around me and then the musicians and everything. Yeah. You know, I, I have the, I'm lucky to be able to create mm. what they want. So whether they have sometimes, whether they have Kabir in mind, whether they have patriotism in in their heart or something they want to portray about India's history or something they want to portray mm. about a certain character um, in our religion, like, you know, whether it be Lord Krishna, Radha or whatever they have, it's fun to work with them. Mm. You know, that's the that's the whole benefit of being in India and uh, and having chosen this dance form. 
so yeah, it goes hand in hand, uh, mm-hmm. and the organizers really are there with you. They take you through it, and if if you are on their good side, if you are friends with them, yeah. it is the best thing. They are, you know, they are friends for life, and they even after the you know till the show after the show, they'll share with you the clippings, the newspaper clippings, and all the appreciation from the either mm-hmm. the city, the people in the city, and uh, how it is recognized by everyone, and they'll surely call you the next year and they'll mm-hmm. become your friend you know they become your friend and every time it's a new experience mm. that's a thing i've felt and uh, probably i wouldn't have spent a good almost 15 years of my life in india if i didn't i, if I wasn't inspired all the way through mm. moments of course of of downtime and and um, boredom mm-hmm. like anything in life um, artists, I think, need to be uh, get bored easily. I don't know if <laughs> if I'm saying the right thing, but I think yeah. we can, we do. You know, mm-hmm. if we're not, if we don't have work um, constantly to inspire us, or a body of work, or something we're thinking about, or something we're creating. Yeah. Uh, so we're very lucky also to have that, mm-hmm. you know, in in us. But also, you know, we we thrive off of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but uh, you know, other than the downtime, you know, there's, you know, the, I was always in touch with organizers and always someone was hmm. calling me and, and saying we have this concept and mm-hmm. I get excited about that if they're excited about it I get excited about it and, and mm-hmm. I started reading on it I started researching on it and I start finding the poetries that go around it mm-hmm. and I start thinking of how I can compose it and I can call my friends who are going to compose the music with me who you know who are just down the, you know they're living in, in in Delhi who can come over and start thinking about the music mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, and then of course that is how we take things to stage in India in a proper festival in this manner. Mm. And because of it, I have such a—I'm so lucky. I have so, so much music. I have such a wide variety, breadth mm. of music in different tals, and um, you know, ranging from mm. taranas composed especially for my productions, or a ghazal which I love, of the poets I love or tumris, which are, mm-hmm. you know, soul-touching, or stories of uh, particular episodes of uh, Lord Krishna that are that are composed especially for my, you know, for my productions. Right. So I have this body of, uh, you know, I have this music, which is my own, uh, my own music. So that kind of inspires my next question, Asta, because like, you know, a lot of people spend time, a lot of time on their craft, but it seems like in addition to that, you've also been able to inculcate some really deep, meaningful relationships with organizers and musicians and things like that. So say for Kathak practitioners who are trying to build that, who've spent time on their craft, but not so much on, say, the connection or the people side of things, what would you recommend they do? Where should they start to building out that kind of thing, you know? Yes. Um... So your question is, how can other people inculcate such relationships? Yeah, I mean, if you're just going to spend all your time on your craft, no one knows you, not going to be very successful, right? So and a lot of it is personality type. Some people might be super shy or introverted, but it's still something you have to do. You have to get out, know people, actually get to know them, not just because you want to network, quote unquote, you actually have to know them, right? So since you're good at this, I'd like to know if someone's trying to start out, what would advice would you give them? Okay. So let me attempt to answer this. So first and foremost, uh, you know, respect your very roots from where you started. Mm. It all starts there. Uh, Respect your gurus and how much time they spent on you. And um, 
the relationships begin there if you if your guru likes you likes what you're doing with what they've taught you you know mm-hmm. likes you know they they will open you know they will also you know provide the way for you and possibly open the doors for you right and then the people in your life don't take anyone for granted mm-hmm. they could be your they could be your connection they could be your doorway to uh introduce you to somebody to appreciate what you've done and 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 kind of open a new uh you know open a new thought in your mind of how you can mm-hmm. do it uh because many times we don't go on the path uh because we don't see the path mm-hmm. we need to see it first so in that way we need to allow these relationships to come in our lives they're right there it's it's not that they require any i went to any great extent to go out and and meet such people or i really you know i mean i actually didn't do that you know so i just uh, stayed in my network and uh, i i attended a lot of festivals yeah i attended festivals that i, I the, for the people i loved especially the music that i loved mm-hmm. and um, like jahani kusro is an example i used to attend every year before i became a performer there mm-hmm. and especially for abida parveen ji and uh, shafkat shafkat ali khan uh, from pakistan ustad shafkat ali khan mm-hmm. all these artists some of them who i worked with after it's i used to attend it just because i loved the music and i was mm-hmm. touched by the performance and um it develops there it develops there and very soon you know it, it it the the way shows especially if you are yeah i mean if you are in india or even anywhere else it might be a little tougher here but in india of course the the it's all you know the network is all there i mean the the people are all there the artists are all there so you're very lucky if you're there there's really no excuse um yeah I, and let me say that i you know Yeah I I worked with a lot of uh, other dancers from Kathak Kendra like ones who had finished their post diploma or diploma graduation from there mm-hmm. and they 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 were a part of my they joined me they were part of my company and um you know there was really they were already well taught by the gurus and mm-hmm. they had their taleem given to them uh, you know they had a, a a very uh, exceptional talims they all had you know already you know they had learned uh, from their gurus yeah but really all i could do was to remind them uh constantly of why they are dancing that's mm. what i used to ask them like why are you dancing remind yourself that every time you know you feel okay like you're just doing it maybe for the sake of it and um, try to always you know there's a fragrance that each one carries i think you carry it i carry it i know there's a fragrance that each one of us carries that's unique that no one else can carry when mm-hmm. they dance on that stage so see yourself on that stage and see how that fragrance comes out and 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 you know work on that aspect of your dance in your taleem as you do your movements work on that fragrance and how you can create in that so um yeah so yeah so again to i mean go back to uh you know working working in that way you know so i i you know and then i took them on tours with me and introduced them to the organizers and and they saw it it was really very organic it was nothing that i really did to make extreme efforts to meet anyone but i just followed my gut and i for somebody i wanted to talk to i went up and talked to them you know and and i introduced myself and i said i love this and it's 
it was visible in my in my work in my passion it was visible in my style of working and uh, once somebody started working with me you know i think I, they all can say it was so much fun we had so much fun creating mm-hmm. you know and, and uh, those moments of creation is what i talk about in this book you know which i really cherish i cherish that in those moments hmm. and i talk about you know various aspects of them i don't want to give it all away but uh, you know i think yeah i mean people will certainly read this book especially others similarly will just laugh or chuckle because you know they they would have gone through similar things and they will relate to it so much hmm. and also understand um, you know probably learn from you know various aspects of my journey and and uh, the lessons and maybe not do the things that i did the mistakes i made they could you know they mm. could uh learn from these that are you know and, and then also be able to find out something about their own journey and aspect of themselves mm. understood so yeah, so from what i understood i took out took away like four points from them one was like respect yourself and your roots then respect the people around you in your life attending the things you like just because you like it not to necessarily get something out of it and showing and like truly going to the things that you're really passionate about and also Absolutely. helping others along the way because why not right and you got uh, it promit you got it yeah and, and let me just elaborate yeah. about the about the go, attending things you like because yeah. it's it's natural birds of a feather flock together mm. you are there the right time and place that's all it takes understood and so see from that's kind of you know that that is kind of how you, you know it, it you talk about the how you've kind of established yourself in india and you know you, you, in your book you also talk about going to the uh, you know working with the kerala dance theater and that's in jordan and yeah. b- prior to reading that i didn't know about the temple of bacchus when i looked it up i was like wow you performed there that's pretty amazing like that whole temple around i had never i didn't know that existed yeah. uh, but so i i wanted to know like when you work with people from like outside of india other cultures who do not have that exposure does anything change about the way you approach them or the way you approach the dance form or how you work with different dance forms so just want to know about that yeah oh my gosh before i go into that i'm going to read about this go for uh, it i have it open here the grounds of the festival this is about the balbek festival that you just mentioned mm-hmm. the grounds of the festival a 2000 year old roman temple site were nothing like we could ever have imagined the temple of bacchus the in the balbek city temple complex held our stage that was erected towards its front steps the walls of the temple rose all around us as we walked amidst the ruins and it's miles of ruins it's one of the oldest temple you know uh, ruins like this in the world my heart fluttered for the 10th time on the first day as i turned yet another corner and looked at a different set of ruins from the past the ancient site was what one would imagine to be the set of a period movie probably even beyond that mm-hmm. in fact when my dancers and i roamed about the ruins we could indeed feel as if we were walking in the midst of the remains of one of the oldest places in the world So this was a site of mm. uh, the the festival which is held every year uh, probably just one or two years there was a break during the last uh, during the pandemic but it uh, hosts some of the biggest artists and like uh, like yani you know yani and and mm. um, even um, anatolia cafe anatolia there's so many artists from around the world which are 
you know, of, of various genres and uh, for dancers to be on the stage is, it it's like it sends shivers up your spine to stand on this grand site. It's this such old site of the mm-hmm. temple. So that being said, a little bit about the Baalbek temple, uh, you know, because some people may have no, may know about this festival. Some people may not mm-hmm. because it is held in the Middle East every year. And that year was the 60th year anniversary of the festival. Mm. So that was, you know, yeah, that was a very, very uh, special, momentous time for the festival itself. Mm -hmm. So I met the festival committee and uh, now working with the Middle East uh, and their culture. uh, So as you can tell, I appreciate difference, different people and differences in culture. And I appreciate Mm -hmm. all cultures, you know, and differences in in the style and etiquette of of the way they conduct. And I, Mm -hmm. and I immediately, um, I realized that that this was going to be a different experience. And obviously, I embraced it. And and I went first time all by myself to Lebanon. And I met the Karakala team. And, um, and I was, uh, touched by their warmth and their you know and their love for the the dance that they do and uh, so like you so you what you were saying working with different dance styles you know they had an oriental style um kind of a take on oriental style with uh, a training uh, you know a solid training in, in probably ballet or classical form hmm. and that's where the dance arose from and myself having uh, had some background in contemporary dance also um uh, different dance styles, but having studied a bit of, of uh, a, a traditional a com- contemporary school of dance, I could appreciate their dance style right away. Hmm. And I think the way, the unique way in which I perceive Kathak is I never saw it as just a, a temple dance form from India that is just meant to be used to tell stories of gods and goddesses in this fashion that I was taught. But I saw it as a you know, a very fluidic movement. Uh, and I was I was extremely proud of what my gurus had taught me. And I was extremely proud, you know, of, of the formations and, and the differences in, in, in the way, in the thinking of dance uh, as, as a centered form of expressing oneself from the other dance styles. Mm. For example, the Abhinaya, right? Other dance styles have little Abhinaya. You know, they may have a story that's running through the, the choreography and, the, you know, each dancer has their own expression to it, you know. But, you know, the, the depth, you know, the way in which we learn how to tell a story, you know, and how to, you know, through the stories of, of uh, Lord Krishna and, and um, you know, various aspects of, of the Leela is uh it, it's so tr- it takes someone you know it takes a lot of years of training and then it takes someone to really an artist to understand mm. and i felt like i was working in the right place immediately i said this right. is a place i can work i can you know i can do my dance here <laughs> so i signed the contract with them you know various aspects of the contract there was so many details so much about working with a professional company and and they yeah. were so uh, professional all along and, and very, very uh, easy to work with. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to India with mm-hmm. everything signed, all the contract details, everything to make the long story short. And I started creating again, you know. Yeah. And But this time I had the interna- international audience in mind and what I had seen of their dancers. So when I when I composed for the Baalbek Festival, I tried to make my 
first of all, use the advantage of our own language. You know, the the speed, number one. You know, mm. the speed, the rhythm, the lay. How to capture them with the lay, you know, because I knew that was our strength. How to also use the abhinaya as a as a benefit or an advantage, you know, right. and bring out uh, aspects of it through the dance, you know, and even, uh, you know, and even the spins and whatever is, you know, the the uniqueness and the strengths of our own dance form. I tried to use it, and uh, but I tried to compose it, you know, with a large scale in mind, looking mm. at the size of the temple, and uh, the size of the audience also, and um, obviously having lived half my life or most of my life abroad before that in the US I knew uh, the you know I knew the sensitivities and, mm -hmm. and, and the taste of an international audience and I'm having sure. grown up with Broadway Broadway and operas and musicals I very easily adapted Kathak to a musical I'm international sure. musical mm -hmm. and that was called Sailing the Silk Road mm -hmm. and that did over 60 performances if not more in five different countries i think wow uh, we toured with this with this with the caracalla team and uh, and this know, was like five years been, or what was the time span of this 60 yeah years? about about yeah exactly uh, till the pandemic so you know just before the pandemic we yeah. did that last tour with them okay um, it's still going i mean i'm mm. sure that there will be more but uh, things are kind of a little different now and uh, but yeah, yeah till the pandemic uh, 20 2020 uh, we had just finished our tour with them in, in february of 2020 and oh, we wow. had come back after spending uh, two mm. weeks in the desert in the kingdom of saudi arabia mm. for a very very fantastic festival which i didn't know about before called the winter tantora festival if you look it up, it's uh, host some of the finest artists. So uh, it is. I'm I'm so thankful. I have no words to say how how happy I am to have ha to have this ha this kind of exposure. Understood. Tantora is T A N T U R A something. Yeah, T A N T O R A. T O R A. Okay, I got that. Yeah. yeah, and it comes with the winter in front because I think that's winter for them there. It usually, I think it happens mm. in Feb, but it's winter for them. So yeah, winter Tantora festival. That's how it's okay. usually said. I'll take so, a yeah. look at that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think thanks for explaining. And I have some how... beautiful. I have some beautiful clips of the festival also on my oh. Instagram and various places, Facebook that I've shared, and. Mm. Um, yeah, I've I've uh, tried to share all these memories, <laughs> various, mm -hmm. on on social media and Facebook, but it's you know it's not always easy as so much is happening and you you know you're trying to keep up with, with the choreography, so yeah, yeah. for sure, and like, and wanted to switch gears and talk about another musical production of yours, In Search of Love, yeah. uh, you know, because in the book you say the people are asking you, hey, is this is this production about your journey and you say it's about your personal transformation yeah. and could you just elaborate on that i'm very curious about what that means in the context of this production yeah after many years of working with karakala and with jahani khusro and doing various ballets in lucknow and uh, and probably another musical that i did over 30 shows of in delhi mm -hmm. i had the opportunity to do my own right production Mm. And that is In Search of Love. Right. In fact, it's such an important musical for me that the whole chapter in my book is dedicated to this musical, mm -hmm. to this journey. So it came at a time when um, it was also a difficult period happening mm. at the same time in 
And uh, I might read from that part of the book because this is towards the end of my book and end of my journey where mm. I was struggling with various things and I was trying to find my identity amongst the dance scene there right. and trying to find uh, my own uh, other aspects of myself and, and really take off. And I was probably feeling some, you know, limitations and I was feeling, you know, uh, challenges in my own personal front also. So, yeah. um, but there came in search of love. Hmm. So probably that's why it people ask that was this is this your own journey? You know, yeah. search of love. Are you searching for hmm. love? Oh, uh, but okay. the way that I say it is that we are all searching for love. You know, hmm. what is what is the meaning of love? In the sense of, in the truest sense, in the in the context of the self uh, evolution hmm. of the soul. Right. And and are we defining it in the terms of a person or are we defining it in terms of ourself? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, some may call it content, inner contentment or um, nirvana or uh, self-realization even or, you know, there's, uh, you know, self, you know, basically connecting with your own self uh, where you are really have found that joy and that uh, the moments of bliss within you so the story goes like this that there is a courtesan in my in my play which uh, is me and she's heartbroken from the prince and there a ghazal takes place uh, which is by one of my a poet that I'd always wanted to dance to his this ghazal by Daag Delvi Uzra aane mein bhi hai और बुलाते भी नहीं बाई से तर के मुलाकात बताते भी नहीं यू डोंट गिव मी द रीजन फॉर नॉट मीडिंग मी यू नो यू कॉल मी येट दर इज अजिटेशन यू नो सो दिस इज ऑल अबाउट हर दैट कंप्लेनिंग यू नो आई कॉल इट कंप्लेनिंग आई डोंट नो इफ दैट्स हाउ अदर पीपल लुक एट इट बट आई थिंक इट्स वेरी स्वीट इट्स वेरी स्वीट राइट सो कंप्लेनिंग यू नो टू दू नो बाई से तर के यू डोंट इवन एक्सप्लेन टू मी यू नो and then uh, the ghazal goes on to her saying that you know bulate bhi nahi lekin you know you don't even take your own life like you don't you're not here with me but yet you don't want to die you know in a way she's metaphorically talking about this journey so obviously she's going through some pain mm-hmm. and then she transforms into a jogan a jogan who's searching for the meaning of life and that jogan goes in to various people and she asks this question like why this pain why this suffering like why am i lost you know why how can i find the meaning of love and there one sufi mystic comes out and tells her a poem a long poetry which talks about love okay and um, and so the various then uh, acts go into the dances and my dancers come in you mm-hmm. know the the group comes in the team that i had yep. working with me at the time and uh, they enact uh, moments of divine love mm-hmm. through uh, kavalis kavalis okay. that are done you know obviously the the meaning of kavali is that it's done in a state of love mm-hmm. and uh, in connection a divine connection so they you know i had all the music composed for this and such beautiful music i get shivers when i think of it so i hope to do this production again uh, sometime in, you know in in various countries and in here and then uh, 
and then you know a voice comes from above and the dancers are next thing you know they are transported into the court of god in heaven and they have to answer the question for themselves mm-hmm. like what is love and there is a, and there is a poetry of hazrat amir khusro uh called nami danam che manzil bood you can mm-hmm. uh, see the the lyrics yourself it's a yeah. you know and there's a a fairy tormenting the lovers in this poem and asking them to you know it it's like testing the, their patience and their level mm. of how much they've evolved and then the whole the, the journey it ends with a contemporary dance mm. like it's a it's like a timeless moment a timeless uh, coming together amalgamation of all the dance forms and mm-hmm. they all come alive you know someone is uh, doing a somersault i mean a cartwheel on stage someone is picking somebody up on you know they they actually lift the dancers above their heads and you know so we work together in a collaboration uh, in a contemporary style so this was what i call in search of love mm-hmm. and whatever it means to you whatever it means to the audience mm-hmm. and wherever it takes you on your personal journey I think that's what um mm-hmm. that's yeah. what the arts are that we can all try to express in our own way what we have experienced mm-hmm. you know and at the same time the voice of the people and the community and and probably that is what I tried to do through this okay so whatever it means to you that one i need to chew on for sure and uh, coming to my last question asa like when it comes to your book wanted to know do you have any book launch events planned and where can people get this book like where can they go to it can in the find it at the local bookstore people in india us everywhere and yeah would love to know some what what's what's coming up for that yeah so a lot of things um and it's taken some time i you know apologize for the people who have been waiting for the book for quite some time uh, i had some challenges uh, even in the publishing you know working with the people there in india and uh, i'm still getting the book in the us market uh, but i have it you know available as an ebook here but it is available uh, on flipkart on amazon on zorba books and uh, smashword uh, as door to heaven door to heaven a memoir and uh, by Astha Dikshit so it is very widely available there and people have been purchasing my book and reading it and reading my journey and giving me sending me comments on it um so the book has pictures uh let me show you like uh i don't know if it would be visible yeah these are some of my moments on stage mm-hmm. this page and the other page is my moments uh, as a telugu actress I was uh, I starred in two Telugu movies and these are these are scenes from my movies working with uh, Jagpati Babu he's here as Shiva and this is the co-star of my other film Chandrahas um so these are you know all pictures from my movies and productions and this is my uh, this is uh, my guru here who I'm dancing with and so I have various various pictures in this you know so yeah so people have sent me comments and uh, they have been reading it I suggest buying the paperback because you can see it's so beautiful. You'll have a memoir, you'll have a a souvenir in your own house which you can always look at and has a beautiful flap mm-hmm. which they have designed uh there in India on both sides as a beautiful flap. So you'll get that uh you know your own personal copy. Uh so I recommend getting the paperback. So and uh, it reminds me of a you know of a of a hardback the way that is designed with the flaps. Hmm. so a lot of time and effort has been put into it and uh and it will 
I'm sure it will resonate with you and, and what you've experienced in your life and probably might uh, help you discover something about your own journey. So, yeah, and uh, I have a, a book launch coming up. The date uh, I, I will announce very soon, but it's with Oxford Bookstores, uh, their Facebook page. And uh, it's going to be a Q&A format, uh, maybe somewhat similar to this, but some very interesting topics there discussed. And uh, you'll get to find out a lot more about it. And uh, I'm really excited because it's uh, being done at a very a nice scale and a digital way. So lo and behold, it's the digital universe. <laughs> so we are. I'm launching my book digitally. And because I'm here and you are there, I'm all the way in, in America, in the States, you know, thousands of miles away. This is the best way for me to launch it. And um, probably in the future, I will also do book signing tours. So you can look forward to a book launch, a digital book launch event done by Oxford Bookstores. So if uh, you are with me on Instagram, um, on, on Asta Dance or on yours truly Asta, you will see my uh, event coming up. And also on Facebook, I have, um, you know, I have probably so many pages. I have, uh, you know, my dance, I have Asta Dixit and I have uh, Asta Dixit Dance Company. So, you know, if you follow me there, you'll also find out about this event, the book hmm. launch. Awesome, man. Yeah, all the best yeah. for your book launch. Sure, it'll Thank go great. And I'm looking for, um, you know, from you for, you know, for any any support, you know, about festivals and, and how to enter my book in festivals there. You know, like there is the Jaipur Lit Fest. And, and you know, so pro probably if I get a chance to come to India, in the next year, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to, you know, get my book into the festivals. So I, I would love for you to, you know, if you have any, <coughs> any, any uh, comments or suggestions on that or any, any festivals that I should be looking at, I would love any, any suggestions from you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nothing comes to mind right now, but if I do, I'll let you know for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, because it's, it's going to be people like you who read my book, who I think can help me to really promote it and market it to a wider audience. Hmm. No. Yep. And yeah, with that note, I think I'll bring this episode to a close. Asta, thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks for kind of put it that, putting that book out. It's uh, it's very rare that I get to read a whole book before a whole interview, and that kind of makes it very interesting as well. I'm so happy. Thank you, Pramit. Thank you for this lovely interview. Uh, this moment, the time just flew by, and um, it was really enjoyable, you know. And I think it was good for. Um, you know, in a way, it's just, it was healing for, for me also to talk about everything, especially because I'm now so many thousand miles away and I, you know, I, I'm kind of have to start up again another, you know, uh, start yep. over, you know, start up my academy here again mm. after the, you know, the unfortunate events of the last two years and trying to get people excited about it here. Yep. So it was really good to connect with you.